from Melbourne and Minneapolis. This is for Christ's sake. I am pleasure to be here, Iskander said, pumping Pierce's hand. I wish you always. Hello and welcome to the show. Uh, I, I just want to hasten to clarify that the uh, the dialogue that I quoted was penned by one Michael Crichton in his third published effort, Easy Go, published under the name John Lang, not his own, so he can be racist with impunity. And uh, we're reading this book. We're on chapter three, four of part two. Four, just to be clear, four. I'm Hugh. My co-host is Hunter. Mm. Our sub-co-hosts are some tea, some toast, a vodka sunrise and some sun chips, all of which were selected for their symbolic, symbolic appropriateness to the novel at hand. Uh, give us a quick a quick summary of uh, what immediately led us up to this point. Well, our as in what happened in the last chapter. Our grey property protagonists have uh, left the city of Cairo and have headed to their dig site uh, in Luxor. Cool. Who's Iskander? Iskander is a racist caricature uh, written by Michael Crichton, um, who appears in this chapter. Is that acceptable? <laughs> Michael Crichton appears in this chapter. Wow. Yeah, he does. He plays his candor. <laughs> <laughs> so he's really commenting on racism. He's not being racist yeah. himself. Uh, you know, I don't know if you know this, but uh, Michael Crichton is actually Egyptian. <laughs> hmm. I didn't know this. Thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. For telling me. Come back, Crichton. All is forgiven. Um, so he's an excitable fellow, isn't he? Hmm. He's brought his own mm. tent. Hmm. Yes. Um, um, he's, he's, he's broken he's, English. Uh, <laughs> yep. Yeah. He's chatting, he's chatting with everybody. He asks them if they're American or if they're Holland. I, I kind of had a, had a feeling that maybe it was a put on. Yes. But probably not. Um, and that we, like the dumb Americans, yeah, being the real taken. racists, because yeah. we're just yeah, we're just being taken in. Yeah. Whereas Crichton's um, going to pull the rug on us and his characters in one fell swoop. Yeah, we shall see. We shall indeed. Um. Um. What the hell happens this chapter? 
This one sort of describes the daily routines that get established in the camp, am I right? Yeah. Um. <laughs> okay, was that good? Are we done? <laughs> we kind of a racist recurring joke where, um, you know, Iskander keeps asking everyone if they're Holland. I didn't really, didn't particularly think it was funny. What about you? What are you laughing? I liked Conway's witticism. Um, that follows that established uh, convention. Mm. That was not not so much because of because it's kind of like borderline offensive, but just the fact that he was kind of pissing off Grover on purpose. Yeah, Con- Conway's the only really likable character in this book so far. <laughs> so far, yeah, he just seems to be having a good time, you know, making fun of everyone. Mm. So um, basically, there's some Nacho stuff. They talk about the tubes that are around their dick site. Um, and they start doing some work, right? Mm-hmm. Here are some marvels at the freshest of the paint. Mm. And Barney's like, that's the desert heat. Now it's, <clears throat> now it's time for, um, for crying out loud. Well, do you have a fast tuner in? I do. Let's hear it. He's riding men proud. Come on, let's hear it. Right about now. For crying out loud. So we don't often get an opportunity to highlight the poet in Crichton. <laughs> That's true. But I would like to perform this soliloquy about sand. <laughs> it's very reminiscent of uh, some of the greatest... Uh, dialogue and film history actually i'll do the setup paragraph as well as the the two chief paragraphs that i wanted to highlight but um it goes like a little something like this they grew hardened to life in the camp they learned to go without a bath for a week then 10 days they learned to accept each other's idiosyncrasies to ignore them most of all they learned to live with the sand Sand in your boots, in your underwear, in your collar. Sand in your cameras, in your batteries, in your food. Sand in your water, in your drinks, in your bed. Sand in your eyes, your ears, your hair, your mouth. Sand mixed with sweat, making clothes gritty, abrasive. Sweat stinging your eyes and sand in, the han- in your handkerchief when you wiped it away. So there you go, something to appreciate. The musicality of Crichton. But I, I hate sand. <laughs> it's everywhere. <laughs> well, it, obviously, if you compare it to lines such as that, you know, it, it loses some of its uh, sheen. <laughs> yeah, it's charm, but, of course. But, but that's, that's true of all, you know, dialogue in the English language. Um, do you think I missed a trick by not uh, reading that to an imagined hip-hop beat? Uh, you could add one in post. Yeah, but I didn't, like, perform it with that in mind. I'd have to, like, do another take where it'd be, like, sand in your boots, in your underwear, in your collar. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> it's, okay. it's okay. Okay. <clears throat> um, anyway, is that the end of the chapter? So, basically, we should, we should actually say who is Carus, I guess. 
Yeah, he's the representative of the what are government, they called? The, like antiquities department. Yeah, something like that. And uh, he like hangs around with them. He keeps a close watch as well. Like he has, he has yeah. a track of where everyone is at every one time, and if someone is not present, he interrogates the others as to where they, where they are. He sort of uh, buggers them about. Uh, um, what was he even saying? I can't remember. I was going to finish that. Oh, um, Barnaby theorizes that he's only going to be there for a couple of weeks, uh, given that he is a hot young thing back in Luxor to, uh, you know, return to. Mm-hmm. Um, but he stays on for about six weeks, which is a pretty long time. We're also introduced to the fact that, uh, there is a threat from cobras, or a potential threat from cobras, that Pierce was hitherto unaware of because Barnaby had shielded him from shielded him from this fact up until this point. I enjoyed this sequence, just the way that it's revealed. It's more mm. fun Conway stuff. Yeah, because uh, Pierce walks in on Conway, he's like loading a gun. He's like, "What the hell? What's Iskar going to say if he sees you with a gun?" And Conway's like. They'll say I'm smart because of the cobras. And Pierce is like, what cobras? <laughs> but uh, it turns out Pierce is the foolish one because there are cobras. Cobras everywhere. Apparently, yeah. uh, Dig earlier had been thrown off because of cobras. So, Cobra 19. Um, and basically the <laughs> chapter ends when, um, I mean, you know, I think it would be funnier if, uh, you know, like uh, 250... 250,000 of my countrymen hadn't died because of uh, COVID-19, but okay. Yeah, yeah. Feel free to make your dumb little jokes. Zero cases, yeah. <laughs> How many deaths does Australia have? Um, I think it was only a, a few hundred. But let me check. Let's check. Check the stats. I'm just going to type in Google. Ah, sorry. I was right with my first impulse and then I downscaled it. 907. Hmm. There's not that many people at the end of the day. No. Haven't reached four figures. That by the end of it, well, let's see. How many, let's let's say that the vaccine is widely available in May, right? Mm Mm-hmm, as predicted. Then how many months that that'll be what another like seven months of it right? Mm-hmm. So basically, we're talking about uh, you know fifty five hundred thousand dead people in the United States, something like that. Yep. Good stuff. Good stuff. Um. They didn't die in vain. Um, I think <laughs> I think they'll agree that that. That Cobra 19 joke was <laughs> worth it. Worth their sacrifice. Oh, oh, okay, well, if you go to each one of their families to get them to sign off on it, uh, I'll accept it. I will. Be great. Uh, I'll hear back from you in the next episode. Cool. Speaking um, of the next episode. That's what's going to be next. See you then. Yeah. Bye. Bye. Uh, we should, I mean, the f- we should mention the fact that this chapter ends with 
the oh, yeah. uh, official Iskar. what's his name? Iskar. Iskar? Isn't it? Iskander. No. Iskander. Iskander, yeah. So we should mention the fact before we depart that this chapter ends with Iskander, the official who is uh, supervising the dig, returning to Luxor. Mm. And so their, their real work can begin. Exactly. All right, uh, well, we'll see you then for another exciting episode of this great book. Bye. Bye.